Ready, one, two, three, four. Live in the entertainment capital of the world. Thompson tries to answer and does. Clay Thompson with back-to-back threes. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Wiggins, a three-pointer. Puts it in. A 15-point lead with 143 to play. The Warriors are ready to celebrate. The Dr. T.C. Martin launches. Welcome aboard on a thunderous Thursday edition of the T.C. Martin Show. Big NBA day today. Not only do we have the NBA draft, we've got major changes happening today. We've got major trades. Plenty of thoughts on this from top to bottom. Big 7-footer, Big Bill Cartwright is going to join us. The five-time NBA champion, we will talk about Victor Wembanyama. Seven-foot, take your pick. Seven two, seven three, seven four. Some reports are saying, "Well, the guy's seven foot nine. Let's round it off and say seven three and a half. How's that? We'll get to the uh, big seven footers. Thoughts on that seven footer? Because the hype is definitely incredible, and the NBA draft has some real meaning tonight, especially at the top. So we'll dig into that for you and a whole lot more. Scott Spritzer is going to join us. Talk a little Major League Baseball handicapping and another one of my favorite times of the year, the College World Series. Love the College World Series. I'm very interested if Scott is wagering on it. And if you're a casual college baseball fan, you want to tune in tonight because the game between LSU and Wake Forest, that's like must-see TV. These two teams are phenomenal. They just have a plethora of draft picks, uh, great hitting, some pretty good pitching as well, too. And the winner will advance to the College World Series Championship series, the best two out of three, and waiting for them are the Florida Gators. So, uh, great college uh, baseball. If you want to watch that tonight, college baseball World Series in Omaha, Nebraska, and that's why I want to talk to Scott about it. Omaha, Nebraska native. He's attended many of these college World Series in the past, so we'll look forward to uh, talking with him. So, yes, a lot to do, a lot on the table here today, and we will start with the breaking news with the NBA trades. Yes, we got the draft tonight, but we usually don't have this kind of activity with major names on draft night. Now, the draft will take place at 5 p.m. Victor Wembayana from France is going to be the number one overall pick. The San Antonio Spurs will select him with that pick. He's going to be the 14th international player to become the top pick and the first international player to go number one without playing basketball at a, at a U.S. college since uh, Andre Borgami. Remember him back in 2006? Oh, yeah, how'd that work out for him? And uh, we've seen some busts, especially with big men, as we know. <laughs> Anthony Bennett comes to mind if you're from Las Vegas or from UNLV, right? Um, you know, Ben Simmons, you could say maybe a bust. The way Zion Williamson is now kind of faltering away and eating his way out of the league and just his career hasn't gone the way it's anticipated. But if there was ever a slam dunk, surefire number one pick that could be 
a trendsetter or a guy that, you know, has a 15, 20 year career in the NBA, it does look like Victor Wembayana. He is 19 years old. He's got a complete game. And uh, so we've got some thoughts uh, on him. And we dive into that today. And uh, then right behind him, you got Brandon Miller from Alabama, a phenomenal player. And then you've got Scoot Henderson. So if Las Vegas fans got a chance to see him play, he was with the G League Ignite playing over the Dollar Loan Center this year. Even though the G League is not really that highly acclaimed, but it is there for, for draft development and opting to go that way and make some money. That's what Scoot Henderson decided to do. Could have went to a big time college, but he didn't. But remember, the Ignite were not a very good basketball team. All right. So, you know, kind of keep that in mind when you're talking about Scoot Henderson. And there's a lot of talk that either Miller or Henderson could be a number one pick if the draft was last year or next year. Because with Wimbayana, you know, coming in here, this guy is, is something special. Yes, they made the comparisons to LeBron James. I'm not ready to go there just yet. You know, but for me, it really gets to be what organization that you're going to be a fit with. Okay. It wasn't a fit for Ben Simmons. It wasn't a fit for Zion Williamson. And think about this. I mean, if Wimbayama was being selected by the Charlotte Hornets or the New Orleans Pelicans or maybe the LA Clippers, would he have as much success instead of going to the San Antonio Spurs? You have Greg Popovich, one of the greatest coaches the NBA has ever seen. You have a franchise that is used to winning, have won multiple championships. It's like a perfect storm and a perfect fit, I would think. So there's going to be a lot of hype regarding him. There has been a lot of hype over the last couple of years, the way he carries himself uh, and the way he plays, obviously. And to see a 7-4 freak of nature to be able to play inside, outside. It's going to be interesting to see how um, he progresses in this league. All right, so uh, we'll continue to watch that. But yeah, NBA draft tonight, 5 o'clock on ABC and ESPN. So we'll keep an eye on that. And of course, then tomorrow when we're at the Superbook at the Westgate, we'll definitely go over the, you know recapping uh, the first round of the NBA draft. All right, but uh, trades have really been the big news. Today, the well, let's let's back. I guess we should back this thing up because this is a story with the Washington Wizards. You go back to uh, a, a trade they made a couple days ago, all right, where that Phoenix traded Chris Paul and Landry Shamit to the Washington Wizards for Bradley Beal. Now, there was talk when this trade went down a couple days ago that Washington may look at trading him or to do a buyout and just let Chris Paul be a free agent. Chris Paul was not happy about this. Uh, did a couple interviews and said, hey, he had to find out about this trade from Phoenix sending him to Washington via his son sending him a text. So Paul wasn't happy about that. Paul obviously does not want to play for Washington. You know, he really didn't want to leave Phoenix. He spent a couple years there, led them to the playoffs going back, you know, Last year, so led him, you know, to the NBA Finals, and he had a fantastic season. Yes, Chris Paul is injury prone. I understand that, but he was pretty shaken up about this. Whether there was conversations that he had told the Washington Wizards, "Hey, I'm not playing for you. Deal me. I don't want to be part of a rebuilding project." Maybe that's what led to what took place today. Because it's really crazy when you think about it. Why would the Washington Wizards want Chris Paul? All right. 
Why? You want to deal Bradley Beal. Okay, you deal him. But what is Chris Paul going to do for your team when you have nothing around him? And you're talking about trading other players like Porzingis, which they did. So that was the trade you go back a couple days ago. And again, you know, Chris Paul, fantastic season, uh, the last two seasons, you know, with the Phoenix Suns. So then we get news last night that Boston, Boston, Washington, Memphis make a three-team trade with uh, Christippus uh, uh, Porzingis, I should say. Washington trades him to Boston. Marcus Smart goes from Boston to Memphis. That's a big deal because Boston was saying, well, Marcus Smart's one of our cornerstones, you know, along with Jason Tatum and company. So he goes to Memphis. Tyus Jones, who was with the Memphis Grizzlies, goes to Washington. Now, part of the deal also had Memphis sending Boston its first-round pick uh, in the first round tonight. That's the 25th overall pick. And Boston also sending uh, Diniablo uh, Gallinari and Mike Mus- uh, Muscala to Washington as part of that deal as well, too. So big blockbuster trade there with Porzingis going to Boston and really making the Celtics a force. So you had that three-team trade Last night. And then today, we get the news that Washington is sending Chris Paul for the less than 48 hours that he's been there to the Golden State Warriors for Jordan Poole. Now, that is some big-time breaking news right there when you think about all of that. So, Chris Paul going to the Warriors. I know there are people initially out there thinking, what are the Warriors thinking? Sending Jordan Poole away. Jordan Poole is supposed to be your future. Warriors have gone through some changes in the front office. We know that. Mike Dunleavy Jr. is now the, the, the president, general manager of basketball operations. Okay. Bob Myers stepped away, said enough was enough. He had to deal with the Draymond Green situation. He had to deal with, you know, retooling this team, and Bob Myers was just kind of burned out. It took a lot out of Bob Myers and even Steve Kerr and a lot of this team last year when Draymond Green beat down Jordan Poole during training camp last year. All right, That took a lot out of this team. Uh, Draymond Green lost a lot of trust. Draymond Green, the hothead, uh, he blew up again during the course of, of the playoffs. So the Warriors were looking to retool. So the news comes out. Yesterday, the Draymond Green declines his player option for this season of $27.6 million, making him a free agent. So on the surface, a lot of people are thinking, no, wait a minute. Draymond Green's gone. He's turning down his option. Not necessarily the case. The Warriors know what they're doing. And they showed that by basically saying, we're going to still try to keep Draymond Green and restructure his deal. Deep down inside, Draymond Green wants to stay with the Warriors. But maybe one of the, say, conditions for Draymond Green was, I can't play with Jordan Poole, even though they said that they patched it up. So how ironic is that? Draymond opts out. The Warriors trade Jordan Poole to Washington. And now... Draymond Green will probably restructure his contract. Here's Steve Kerr first talking about Draymond Green opting out. If if Draymond's not 
back, we're not a championship contender. We know that. I mean, he's that important to uh, to winning and to uh, to who we are. Um, so I absolutely want him back. Um, you know, he's. Uh, he, He's a he's a competitor. He's uh, you know he's an incredible defensive player. He's I mean we can we can check all those boxes, um, and he and I have built a a really uh, special relationship um, that has run the gamut. You know over the years we've we've been we've had our our share of run-ins, but we've been through so much. We 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 really care about each other and and work together well um he knows that he he had a great season this year um from a basketball perspective but he knows that he also um compromised things by what what happened um back in october and so part of him coming back next year has to be about um you know rebuilding um some of that trust and um, and respect that that he's earned here, you know, for for a long period of time. And one thing I love about Draymond is he's always brutally honest, and um, and he can take that sort of critique because he knows it's it's the truth. Um, so I uh, I want him back. I think we all want him back, and um, hopefully that's exactly what happens. And and we you know get get ready to make another run next year. That's exactly what the Warriors are planning on doing, on making another run. Let me say this, all right? People are saying, why Chris Paul for Jordan Poole? I will tell you why. Because Jordan Poole is a problem, okay? There is a reason why Draymond Green beat down Jordan Poole, all right? Jordan Poole came in with the Warriors, immature youngster, immature player, um, Draymond Green, and again, I'm not defending, I didn't do it when this happened, not defending Draymond Green for, you know, assaulting his teammate. But when you have a championship caliber team and you have a championship culture and a championship mentality and you feel that you've got some guys that maybe are not on the same page, especially a young player, the veteran player may go off on a guy like that. And that's Draymond Green. To time to say, hey, man, this is how we do things here. You're not going to come in here and not pay attention and, you know, kind of take things for granted, kind of do your own thing on offense, because Jordan Poole did a lot of that. Now, Jordan Poole saw Steph Curry the way he operates. Steph Curry is a true pro, but Steph Curry has always had the liberty to take his own shot, no matter where it is on the floor, to kind of freelance and, and, and do what he's got to do. And I think Jordan Poole kind of said, hey, if Steph can do it, I could do it. You would see a lot during the course of the last couple of seasons where Poole would come in right off the bench and he would step into maybe a 30-footer or he'd be taking these ill-advised shots. So it's just things like that. I think really what the writing was on the wall, though, was the way Jordan Poole performed in this last postseason, which wasn't good. Jordan Poole was a defensive liability. He committed a lot of fouls. He missed a lot of easy shots. Can this guy play? No question. Can he be an elite scorer? No doubt about it. He is a phenomenal scorer. But the problem is, Jordan Poole still mentally doesn't have it, I don't think. Jordan Poole wants to start. Jordan Poole 
wants to be a Steph Curry. He wants to be able to carry a team. Well, he's going to get his opportunity now with the Washington Wizards because the Washington Wizards basically have Jordan Poole and nobody else. Now, Jordan Poole could turn around and score 23, 25, 26 points a game. He's probably going to average around 24, 25 points a game. He will do that. All right? And he's a showman. Now, people in Washington, they'll want to go see that show, but they got a pretty diehard fan base, too, and they want to win. There's nothing around Jordan Poole right now. The Warriors had an expendable piece at a price that they could afford to dish off. Jordan Poole was going to come back and demand a lot of money, you know, in the neighborhood of about $27 million, believe it or not. And the Warsaw is a huge price tag. Now, granted, Mike Dunleavy came when he took over for Bob Myers a couple of days ago. He said, hey, he goes, yeah, we plan on having Jordan Poole here for three, four years. He did say that. But then again, now the Chris Paul trade happens. And I can tell you right now that with Bob Myers gone, Steve Kerr has a real voice in that front office. Not saying he didn't before, but Steve Kerr wants to win every game. He wants to win more championships. And how is Steve Kerr and the Warriors going to win? By getting veteran players, not by rebuilds. All right. A lot of people are saying, well, hey, I mean, Chris Paul's old. He's got a lot of uh, mileage on him. He's been injury prone. That is true. I'm going to use the example of Candace Parker with the Aces. Candace Parker, Chris Paul, very similar, right? Hey, same initials, right? Hey, same number, right? CP3. Same nickname. Same nickname. Exactly. How many times have I asked you, hey, CP3 good? Yep. CP3 good. I actually asked her about that when I first met her, too. I said, you cool with CP? CP3? She goes, I'm good. But now I call her Candace most of the time. But anyway, there is a similarity there. Candace Parker came in here as the one of the GOATs in all the WME with two championships already. She took a lesser role admittedly knew that she, hey, I got tons of talent around me. I don't need to be the old Candace Parker. Chris Paul has got game, evident by what we just talked about and what he's done in the last couple of years, basically single-handedly leading the the Phoenix Suns to the championship um, series, to the NBA Finals two years ago. I mean, think about that. But yes, Chris Paul has gotten injured late runs in the playoffs. about that in your Apple Music library. What you have to remember with Chris Paul is he is a veteran. Chris Paul is going to embrace going to the Golden State Warriors. He's going to get a chance to play with Steph Curry, with Clay Thompson, with Kayvon Looney, with a budding superstar, if he's not already a superstar, and Andrew Wiggins. And then you got Kaminga, who is a budding superstar. Draymond Green comes back. This team is loaded. Chris Paul is not going to be a hindrance to this team. Chris Paul is going to be the added piece that the Warriors need to get another championship and maybe another two championships. If you're thinking Chris Paul is over the hill, you're mistaken. Chris Paul can play, can play in an elite level. And Chris Paul is one of those self-motivated guys. How do you think Chris Paul feels now? Wow, Phoenix, let me go. I thought it was going to be your end of my career. I get dissed, I get traded to the Washington Wizards. Hmm. The Golden State Warriors want me. I get to play with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, be coached by Steve Kerr. Oh, yeah, another fellow guard who won quite a few championships. I'm all in. You watch the focus of Chris Paul in this offseason, have him ready to play. Sure, father time catches up with you. 
hamstring injuries, which he's been famous for, for having. We get that. He is going to do whatever he can to be in tip-top shape to come into this camp here. I think it's a tremendous move by the Warriors. It's a piece that they need because right now the Warriors haven't had that true point guard. Maybe part of the problem why they haven't won a title you know, this past year, but they don't need one. But now you have a guy will have the ability to set up Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Andrew Wiggins. Now, Chris Paul's a scorer as well. What you're going to see from the Warriors, just like you see with the Aces, their offenses are very, very similar, that you've got all five people on the on the court touching the ball. All right, Curry spends some time at the point. Clay spends some time at the point. It's not going to be just Chris Paul in that conventional offense. He's going to be playing in a much different offense than he's ever played before. You're going to see Chris Paul in the corner with Steph Curry breaking down and then kicking the ball to to the corner for him, like you did when Kevin Durant was there. You got the complete package with Chris Paul joining a Warriors team. Will it work? Absolutely it'll work. It's going to work so much that the Warriors now are the favorites. Not Boston, not Milwaukee. The Warriors are the favorites and will be the favorites. Because if Draymond Green comes back, okay, remember, just because he declined the option, if he really wants to stay and now this piece of the puzzle is there and Jordan Poole is gone... Your starting five, more than likely, would be Chris Paul, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green. All right? With Kayvon Looney off the bench. Or you start Looney. And think about this, and I'm not going to rule this out. Chris Paul may come off the bench. And he would probably be fine with coming off the bench. And this way you get Looney to start. And as you know, you need Looney's presence with his size. Wiggins is going to be there, all right? Or maybe Draymond comes off the bench. Or maybe Kerr rotates things, depending on opponent, depending on what happens during the course of the season, resting players, or, you know, again, injuries and that sort of thing. But basically, you've got one of the best eight-man rotations in the NBA, period. That's what Chris Paul does to this team. It makes it good. Yes, can he stay healthy? Curry's been injured. Thompson's been injured, all right? Draymond's been a little bit injured. Wiggins has been injured. So it all comes down to health. But the bottom line is, yes, Chris Paul is an asset to this Warriors team, and it is a great trade for the Golden State Warriors. And in Washington, who knows what the heck they're doing. All right, so, yeah, big NBA news, you know, to touch upon that. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright, is going to join us on the other side of the break. We're going to get his take on this and then also thoughts on Victor Wembanyama from France and what he's going to not only do for the San Antonio Spurs, but what is he going to do for this league? Those questions uh, as well, and then the other draft choices as well. So a lot to hit on today. We continue on keeping on here on a Thunderous Thursday. The T.C. Martin Show is back. Yes! Yes! What are you doing? It's just a half time. Yes, this is my favorite part of the game. T.C. Martin. Yes, in the face! The doctor is now in. in. They're playing basketball. Don't dance. Don't dance. You don't like to dance. They're playing basketball. How about if I rap? Yeah, I like K U R, the T I S, the B L O to the W, a little Curtis Blow, and a little basketball. Yeah, Jam Master Joey's looking at me like, what the heck is he doing? He likes that Jam Master Joey. You know, I say that for Jam Master Jay. Little basketball. 
They're playing basketball tonight, baby. Well, at least we're drafting to play basketball, the NBA draft. Hit it! Don't forget to join us tomorrow at the world-famous Superbook inside the Westgate Las Vegas. little football tomorrow with Jay Schrader. The quarterback will join us. He loves talking basketball, baseball, whatever it takes. So we got all that going uh, tomorrow, so make sure you join us 2 to 4 p.m., of course, at the world-famous Superbook inside the Westgate Las Vegas. All right. Uh, let's bring in the big seven-footer, the five-time NBA champ. He thinks he knows a thing or two about music. But he knows nothing about Curtis Blow. Big Bill Cartwright. The man in the middle. From San Francisco, 7 1 Bill Cartwright. What's going on, Biggin? Well, as you know, I am always up to an adventure. And I just got back to Sacramento from Chicago. I, 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 I took a road trip. Okay, timeout. Now, I know you make this trip rather frequently, either from Sacramento to Chicago or San Francisco to Chicago via the airplane or maybe uh, an Amtrak once in a while. Are you telling me that you actually drove from Chicago to Sacktown in a car? No, no, no. no. Yeah. You you drove? From Chicago to Sacramento. Now, as you know, uh, I lived in Chicago many years. Yeah. And I had some stuff in storage, and as you know, which is a nightmare because the stuff in storage has been there for years, and I finally decided to get it out of there. And the only way to get it out of there was to actually transport it myself because the freight now, because of COVID or whatever, is frightening. Wait, so are are you telling me that the big seven-footer drove a U-Haul? Is that what you did? Were you driving a U-Haul? Were you rolling down Highway 80 there with, with uh, a, a big 20-footer? Now, for one thing, uh, I've driven many U-Hauls, so that's not a surprise. Driving a U-Haul is, uh, for me, uh, remember where I grew up. Yes. I grew up uh, in, in the country. I'm very capable of driving yeah. any vehicle. Yeah. So you all, no big deal. But this time we drove back and just had some really, uh, some art that we couldn't ship. So we drove a big uh, SUV back. And so, uh, and uh, Sherry, my wife, um, drove it back. Uh, it was a great trip. Uh, stopped at uh, a lot of little towns. Um, we had this one trip, I think we we stopped in Wyoming and found this Mexican restaurant. Oh, you would really love it. It was awesome. Was that called? Was that the Pink Taco in Wyoming in Laramie? <laughs> um, well, I, I I don't know that place or frequent it. Uh, okay. I'm, I'm gonna leave that for you. Uh, and one thing that I think you'd appreciate, I'm gonna send you a picture of this. Uh, the first trip we stopped on, we we stopped in Iowa, and uh, I knew I forgot to send this to you. Yeah, we stopped at University of Iowa, and right next to there is Freddy's, your place. Wow, wow! There, you see a lot of Hawkeye fans there, little black and gold, uh, the Freddy's. And did you did you stop? Did you get the Chicago dog? Uh, Sherry actually got what'd you get? 
Sherry got a chili dog. She loved it. I know. I remember. Yeah. Remember she, and, and, I, and I actually and I actually got a burger there, which was which was great. There you so. go. There you go, my friend. Nice way to support. There you go. You went to probably just the the, the regular burger. Uh, hopefully, you got the California style with either the lettuce and tomato, or you go with my go-to now. As you know, the jalapeno pepper jack burger might be a little too spicy for you, but I'm telling you, that's the go-to right now. Now you you know that I am a California guy, so I am I am open to uh, pretty much everything, and I'm, I'm going to have to check that burger out. But no. uh, but Freddy's was very 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 tasty. Stop. Wait, hold on. Numbchuck uh, has a Freddy's. Are you going with the Freddy's story? Freddy's, no, I have a Freddy's question. Okay, go ahead. Have you tried the new uh, pretzel bacon barbecue bur- burger? I have not yet. It is. Yeah, just, just it dropped. Is, it is amazing. It is amazing. <laughs> it is amazing. Okay. I okay. got that too. You got that too. With yeah. a hot dog. With a hot dog that. Which you thought was not the real hot dog. It's not. Okay, well, I do have the breaking news for you because Numchuck went to Freddy's last night and goes, Hey, he goes, I think I might have got duped here that uh, I, I didn't get the uh, true Vienna hot dog. Uh, so I, I went uh, to the establishment that you went to last okay. night and survey said was Vienna. Really? They said the Vienna. They said, but these, they might have done. A, a different size of the Vienna. I don't know. But he says, nope, the box. He goes, I worked last night, worked yesterday, talked to the manager. It was Vienna. Okay. So there you go, my friend. Okay. But, because they had doing, they've been doing some substitutions with the Nathans. They had a delivery problem from it's, Chicago. It's illegal. Yeah. But, so, but, you know, I told you more than likely that you had a Vienna. Okay. And you did. Okay. And so did. Uh, it just looked a little awkward. And so did Sherry Cartwright. She had a Vienna too with the chili cheese. There you go. All right, continue on, my friend. Sorry, we get sidetracked. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's very, very good. Our last trip, we stopped up in uh, Salt Lake City mm-hmm. and uh, stayed at a really nice place there. Uh, what is the name of that place? Uh, the, Grand, the Grand American. Grand American, which actually a lot of NBA players uh, stay. It's a beautiful hotel. It was great. Kind of full, kind of juicy. Loosed myself up, and um, the next morning, motored it back into Sacramento. It was very nice. So, what was the total distance uh, trip wise, as far as how, how many days, hours did it take you? Did you clock it? Uh, no, we didn't clock it, but it's just over two thousand miles. Okay, so you spent what one night? Uh, is that what you're saying? So, so two day, two nights, or one night that you that you spent? No, it was it was. Two, two nights. Yeah, two nights. It's like a three-day trip almost. Man, I mean, you took your yeah. sweet time, too. You did some sightseeing there. Look at this. Well, thank you very much for the Cartwright family travels. You know, there you go. Yeah, it was, it was great. That's just, that's just one trip. It's still going on. We got summer going on. Who knows? Okay. And, uh, and I know that Sherry is dying to come back to Las Vegas as well, too. So uh, ho- hopefully that's on the calendar. And, and I don't know if you're going to fly or you're going to drive. No, I think that we've driven enough. <laughs> uh, this summer, we have one long trip, and uh, we, you know, I, I mean, sure, obviously, we've been married for forty-four years, so but she can only take so much time with me. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, then I, I know if I if you want to put Sherry on the phone, then I'll, I'll ask permission for you if you can, you know, uh, she'll give you a hall pass, and you have a solo trip to Vegas. There she is. All right, Sherry, how do you feel about Bill? You know, you know, coming solo to Vegas. Now, I'll keep a good. 
I'll keep a good eye good on him. Good idea. Good idea. See, yep. there it is. There it is. It's a and, wonderful idea. See, and you know how I'll entertain him. I went to our favorite place last night, Bill uh, and Sherry. Uh, went to Hank's last night. Uh, like yeah, actually dove into the fried chicken last night. Uh, you know, cause I went a few nights earlier, had the, had the Wagyu, had the steak, uh, you know, had that, that was fantastic. But, uh, yeah, you know, we'll treat you to a nice meal, uh, Bill. I'll even let you, you know, maybe do a little, um, uh, play by play with me for an aces game. You know, there it is. So you, you'll be well-rounded, well taken care of co-host for a week here too. And that's right. Num yeah. throwing in co-host on the show for, for a few days. Or, wow. or just plain out host. Yeah, well, yeah. Wow. Bye, bye, TC. That's part of Sherry's trick. I think she just wants to get rid of me. Yeah. I like she wants to enjoy herself. Well, and, and, hey, you know, she needs a little downtime too, you know, you know, away from the seven footer. I, I get that, you know. I mean, we all do. That's why I'd put a limit on you. I mean, you'd have like a three day maximum here because I don't know if I could put up with you for more than 72 hours. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, I don't think Sherry would disagree with that. <laughs> so, uh, that's, that's fine. I, I understand that. Hey, I want to, uh, uh, I want to talk to you but, about, uh, you know, I know, I don't know how closely you've been following this, but as you know, we have an NBA draft tonight and it, there's a lot of hype regarding Victor Wembanyama, And, you know, they say that he, this is the, the best guy since LeBron James over the last 20 years. Uh, this guy, we've heard reports that he's 7'4", 7'2", 7'3". No one actually knows the, the exact size of this kid. He's 19 years old. We've seen highlights. I'm curious if you've seen him. There's even a report that he was 7'9", which he's not Herman Munster, so we know that. But uh, have you got a chance to see him play yet? Yeah, I've had an opportunity to watch him play just on, you know, not in person, but... Right. Uh, you know, I mean, the kid is tall. He looks at least seven four, uh, but he's 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 a definite oddity. Uh, he's got definite skills. Uh, runs, jumps, shoots, does everything extraordinarily well. He's he's a definite problem, and just like any oddity, almost like what Zion game, which is the other way, is more girth and speed and power. He's pure length and athleticism, so he's going to be an oddity coming into the league, and uh, he could end up being somebody special, but nobody's going to know right. until we get him on the floor and see what he can actually do and playing against other guys and seeing if he can play uh, against physical play, against other size, and uh, just see what he did. And also, the more interesting thing, what teams are you going to go to, and how, does, and how do they work to fit him in? Then be the most productive in be. So it's uh, it's just all those things. So that, um, can, you know, to find out who's, who's, who's going to nurture this kid. I mean, nobody can ever think about this. DC, there's no uh, there's no big guy coaches in the league anymore, right? Who's going who's gonna to coach him? Well, here's what I was going to ask hard. you about. So here's the thing. You, he's going to go to San Antonio, right? Now, isn't this more of an advantage, really, for him to play in uh, with a, a team like San Antonio, with that organization, who is accustomed to winning? I mean, I'm thinking, okay, you're playing for Greg Popovich, okay? Now, you know, Popovich has had some good ones. We, as we know, he's had big men, and we know that San Antonio has had the number one overall pick 
Two times before. Who'd they pick? 1987, David Robinson. They had the number one pick in 1997. Ten years later, who'd they pick? Tim Duncan. Now they're going to get the number one pick, and now they're going to get Victor Wembayana here, who hit seven foot four. So I'm thinking that you know this has really got to be a great situation for him. And and Bill, don't you think this is much better than say if he went to a Charlotte or went to a New Orleans or maybe even the Clippers that were okay. You know, you really don't have a solid foundation. You know, in in, in rich history there. I mean, I'm thinking this is like the perfect situation. For him and for the Spurs. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, you got a veteran coach. you got a solid organization. And I think it's going to be interesting how they, they're able to build him into the player that, uh, that he can be. But um, it's going to take time. We know that. He's not going to be a superstar in 19. Maybe a superstar when he's 21, 22. So, but he's going to need this period of time to be nurtured, to be taught uh, how to guard, how to play offensively, and it's just going to take a lot of time. The big seven footer, Big Bill Cartwright, joins us. You went through this draft, first round pick yourself, seven one. I want to ask you something here because I I've heard some players talk about this, but the general public never talks about this or thinks about this when you are a young kid and you come into a draft and you are over seven feet okay you're seven one when you came in the league this kid is seven four like you said at least you got to have a pretty don't wouldn't you say a pretty mature attitude or a thick skin just to you know be that tall and that young knowing that okay you know a lot of people are uncomfortable in their own skin. They're uncomfortable in their own size. Whether you're a heavy guy or especially, you know, you're a tall guy, you know, and it's, you know, you're always the tallest guy in the room and this and that. And now you have all these expectations on you. And from what I heard with this kid, it doesn't seem like that he has really let is that's in his head. But have you known people did that ever happen to you where you're a little self-conscious about being so tall? I think that people don't want the attention that way. Um, you know, either you're comfortable with it or not. Now, for me, uh, I'm fine with it because I find a lot of humor, as you know, with people. Right, right. So they're asking me, hey, how tall are you? I'm seven foot. No, you're not. You're taller than that. And I'm like, okay, how tall am I? So I, I can find something in there. Right. Some people don't want to go through that every day. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, and it can be kind of irritating. So I'm pretty sure this guy's been tall all of his life. So most guys can really handle it. Now, um, he's just going to get a lot of attention and which I'm sure he's ready for. He's probably really excited to get it. Uh, so, yeah, that part of it, I would say generally most guys who are tall, who always been tall, who's always gotten ridiculous questions, um, they're, they're pretty used to it. I, I'm, put, I'm putting the age factor in here, though. I mean, coming into a league at only 19, 
And again, you know, again, I mean, you were older than that when you were drafted, but you know, again, with, you know, someone like that, especially coming from a foreign country. So it seems like this kid really does. Like I said, he's well prepared. He's been schooled for this for the past, you know, couple of years. And I don't even know if there is a guy that you have seen or played with or whatever that, that had this type of, of size, body type. We know he's slender, uh, and he's already worked on that. He's, he's gained some weight over the last couple of years, but has this type of skill set at this size. Anybody come into, into your mind? That is over seven foot. No, that has I mean, this kind of complete game, and you know, including an outside game. No, the only guy I could think of who was like this is maybe Rob Sampson. But he, when he came in the league, Rob you was you know really fast. He can he can run, jump, mm-hmm. uh, shoot. Uh, you know, he's a real problem on on, on both ends. So, um, but like I said, there's going to be a learning curve that you're going to have to have to be able to play different actions, to be able to guard, to get to know players, to be able to guard definitely nowadays in screen role, uh, to be uh, really physical, to know when, when to attack. Um, so, you know, that's going to take him, you know, pretty much an entire year. So for me, that's more, I'm more curious about who's going to spend time with this kid. Who's going to nurture this kid. What kind of player is he going to end up being? I'm sure in the hell hope he's going to stand out the three-point line and shoot threes. <laughs> I'm hoping they're going to develop him to have an all-around game. Um, kind of like the Joker in Denver, where you can play underneath the basket. You can shoot from the outside. You can you can kind of do it all because this kid uh, is, is an oddity. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what what kind of vision they have for him. All right, the big news today, also besides the draft tonight, uh, the trades that have been happening, uh, specifically there with the Warriors, uh, Chris Paul gets dealt to Washington. Washington deals Chris Paul to the Warriors for Jordan Poole. Uh, I know that you know. Again, I kind of gave my thoughts on this in, in the last segment. Very curious about what you think this means for the Warriors and Chris Paul. Well, for one thing, they'll give some stability to that team. Um, I think it's got to be really interesting. Yeah, so, um, you know, I mean, he's he's an older guy. Um, maybe they'll give him some maturity. So I, I don't think, uh, uh, you know, Green's going to punch him. <laughs> maybe somebody can, somebody can uh, calm him down a little bit and give him a sense. But uh, um, I think it's a really good, really good uh, pickup as far as having somebody who's got better leadership. But I think they had lost a really good player. And I, I think that that's really interesting that these guys seemingly are bound and determined to keep Draymond. Um, and who's 33, I think. Yeah. Yeah. 34, I think. But so yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's going to be really interesting. So, um, you know, you you hate losing Paul, but I don't think 
one of those guys has got to go because, uh, um, you know, the Warriors basically scooted out with having that incident happen and with just like, I'm sorry it happened. And that's just something that can't happen uh, on any team, basketball team, pro, college, high school, junior high school, elementary school, where a teammate punches another teammate and nothing's done about it. So uh, it's probably better off a pool that he's gone. He could have a fresh start. Uh, I like him. He's a good player. He's a young kid. And I'm sure he'll do uh, he'll do really well, but uh, that is a very interesting uh, interesting deal. It is, and you do, you got a veteran team now, and you know Steve Kerr. I mean, he wants to win, and again, he's not into rebuilding project. A lot of people say, "Well, why, you know, why don't you go for somebody younger?" No, he wants to win now, and if Chris Paul can stay healthy, I mean, look at that. I mean, you got an eight man rotation with that Warrior team that is the the best in basketball. It's not it's not even close. And I think the Warriors made themselves the favorites, you know, today. And you're right. I mean, Draymond Green, hey, Steve Kerr, Mike, Dun- these guys are going to stick with him. You've heard the way Curry and Clay feel about him. Uh, he's, he's probably going to be back. He's going to stay there and probably end his career as a Warrior because they value what he brings, you know, from the defensive side of it and, uh, in a leadership role, even though he could punch anybody out any given day. But, uh, there you go. All right. I'm, I'm not going to say the Warriors are now the best team because they're obviously not. The best team in basketball is the Denver Nuggets. That's why they won the championship. Well, they're the championship, yeah. But again, now you go to next year. Let's see what happens, my friend. But I'm just saying, if you're going looking at this roster with Chris Paul that and you have a healthy team, especially with uh, Wiggins healthy and, and, and Looney still there and this Kaminga kid, you know, he, he develops into something. That's all I'm saying. So you want Denver right now? You can have. Them. I'll take the Warriors. You know we can we can have that bet right now. Well, I know, and I'm sure you wouldn't have bet that way last year. You'd have probably been talking the same way, yeah. and you would have lost again last year. You wouldn't <laughs> have lost to the Lakers. So uh, my my thing is, you can't decision the champ. You got to beat them. Right. Uh, Denver had the the most versatile team in the league. They had they had five five my friend double figure scores. I know. So they're very they're they're very diverse team. Um, and uh, right now, I'm sure uh, uh, they were talking on your your place, ESPN. They were talking about Phoenix and how great they're going to be. Uh, should they be the number one? No, they're not number one. The number one team right now is Denver. All right, time. So, all right. Uh, just my opinion. Go and load. Go and load some furniture. Go and load some rings, some trophies. Already all right. done. All right, Already done. done. Outstanding. All right. So, uh, all right, I'll, I'll get with Sherry, your travel agent, and uh, we'll, we'll get you a trip here ASAP, my friend. Come enjoy some That's WNBA. Right. I, I got to get a Freddy's burger now. That's the boy. Come. That's what I'm talking about. All right, seven-footer, we'll talk to you later, my friend. Appreciate it. All right. And, and, and th- thanks for wising up. Thanks for finally coming to the Freddy's uh, bandwagon here. Even though I'm I know you have. All right, later on. Scott Sprites is going to join us on the other side. And we talk a little College World Series, MLB, and a whole lot more on this thunderous Thursday.
Jeremy Pena has set the stage here for Jordan Alvarez, one of the most feared hitters in the game. Representing the winning run for the Astros. And Alvarez belts it! Deep to right field! Gets it goodbye! Unbelievable! The Astros a walk-off win! Jordan Alvarez a walk-off three-run homer! And the Astros stun the Mariners in game one of the division series! Incredible! Entertainment capital of the world. Center cut curveball, but it was nasty. It's the TC Martin Show. Verlander deals a 3-2. And a cold strike three. TC Martin. And now the Astros with a runner at first for Alex Bregman. And Bregman sends one deep in the left center field. This is way back. And it is gone. Alex Bregman gets the Astros off the deck. It's time to get your daily prescription from the doctor. Verlander with strikeout number nine. The doctor is now in. How about that? Justin Verlander comes back to Houston the other night as a member of the Mets. And the uh, Astros got him. Got him pretty good there. So, went a little bit of a slump. They've won their last two games in a row. We're going to talk a little baseball this hour with our good friend Scott Spritzer, our handicapper extraordinaire. We got that, some College World Series, and a whole lot more. Plus, yes, Chuck, you get a little TC travel time, a little travel story coming there in the uh, Valley of the Sun. We'll uh, do that a little bit later on in the hour and continue talking about the breaking news today in the NBA. Of course, we got the draft tonight and uh, trades, major, major trades, including Chris Paul going from Phoenix to Washington and now Washington to Golden State and member of the Warriors, Jordan Poole goes to Washington. So mega trade there. So we'll continue talking about that this hour as well. On this Thursday edition, don't forget tomorrow we are at the Westgate of Las Vegas. Come on by at the world famous Superbook. Jay Schrader will join me and be in the house. So we'll talk a little, little training camp football, but uh, some baseball, basketball, and everything else. Uh, love our summertime here in Vegas. All right, continuing on here. Scott Spritzer, my man, what is shaking long hair, Louie? <laughs> Those long hairs are long gone. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just was watching some of this stuff and checking in to see what the odds were on Golden State. Didn't think they'd be affected too much. And they're third in the West to win the West. And they're 13-1 to to win the NBA championship after the trade. So, um, I, you know what? We talked about Jordan Poole during the playoffs. And good luck, Washington. You know, I mean, thank you. Thank you. Guy doesn't have his head on straight, at least not yet. Hopefully, he will get it together, mature, and and be uh, all he can be in the NBA because this is a good move. Twenty points a game, five assists per game, not quite five assists per game. And you know, they signed him to what a four-year, hundred and thirty million dollar deal about eight months ago, right. and he flopped, and it's his own fault. And so, I think it's a good trade for the Warriors. And uh, not that Chris Paul takes him to the next level, but they just got rid of a headache in the locker room. They did. And I'll say this about Chris Paul. He does get uh, a bad knock for being injured at the most inopportune time, right? The hamstring pulls up again, especially in the postseason. But look what he did. I mean, uh, you can almost say he single-handedly led the Suns to the NBA Finals two years ago. I mean, he was fantastic. This guy can still play. And talk about a motivating factor, Scott. Okay, he thinks he's going to finish his career in Phoenix. He's blindsided by this trade to Washington. He has to find out about it, you know, through his kid tells him through a text. It's like, are you kidding me? I mean, and Washington had, you know, they didn't want Chris Paul. 
I mean, they didn't want him. They, they're rebuilding project. And so you kind of knew that he was going to be dealt somewhere. And now all of a sudden you're Chris Paul. You're saying, Oh my God, now I'm going to the Warriors. I mean, perennial, you know, championship contender year in, year out and getting the chance to play with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins. I mean, I can guarantee you. I mean, Chris Paul is always kind of a workout guy. You know, mm-hmm. but he is going to be ready to go. He's going to be ready to play. And we know that Steve Kerr, he likes to win now and he's not in any rebuilding project. I think this makes a Warriors, uh, you know, 13 to one. I'm, oh my God. Because I'll tell you right now, there is not a better team that has a rotation of the eight players that they have, you know, with Looney and then Kaminga. Uh, you know, in, in Wiggins, are you kidding me? Uh, this is, if they could stay healthy, uh, watch out for the Warriors at 13 and 1. That's all I got to say. Yeah, I mean, Denver and Golden State, you know, two yeah. of the deepest teams with the right attitude now that Jordan Poole's mm-hmm. heading east. <clears throat> Excuse me, and I, I agree with you. I think this is a, a great chance for Chris Paul. And I was watching, you know, I was, what, a couple of days ago when this first was announced that he was being traded to uh, the Wizards. And I was actually watching. I'm a big Chris Paul fan as a man. I think he's a great person. And so I do root for him. So I'm watching this, this video of him doing an interview a couple of days ago, a morning interview on one of the morning talk shows. And he's like, well, I just found out, you know, on my plane ride here that I've been traded. You know, it was, and he looked, you know, I mean, he's, he's a class act. And he looked like he was kind of a little bit stunned. And I'm sure he's thinking in his mind, you know, maybe his agents already told him we're going to, this is not your landing spot. But at the time you're thinking, God, if I have to join the Wizards, you know, with what they want to do for the next couple of years. So I think he's going to have an extra bounce in his step to be sure. And, uh, you know, it's fun. It's just crazy. I mean, when they got KD down in Phoenix, Kevin Durant, they became the favorite to win the NBA championship. And they talked about the big three. And you mentioned, you know, he got injured talking about Chris Paul and, you know, it was just a weird fit as far as Phoenix in the playoffs, and they never reached their potential. And, you know, then here you are with Golden State. And I think I would have to say that even though Phoenix has shorter odds to win the West than Golden State right now, I really believe he's got a better chance with this group at Golden State to get to a finals than he did if he stayed with Phoenix. As much as I like Kevin Durant's game and the young guys they've got around him, I just think this is the better spot with the coach who knows how to get there. So it's going to rejuvenate Chris Paul to a certain extent, and hopefully he can stay healthy. Yeah, absolutely agree. All right. Uh, do you get involved in any of the NBA draft props at all? I don't. I, uh, it's been a while. Maybe the first or second, maybe the first year that I was able to, to do it, I jumped in on it. But, uh, you know, it's funny because I was, I was asked this yesterday on a show, and I was saying, you know, it's not like the NFL where you can get maybe two or three teams at a certain point, maybe three teams in a row that all need the same position. And there's one or two players in that position, whether it be corner or safety or something like that. And you know that that guy's going to go to one of those couple of teams. So you can kind of, you know, play props of where they might go. And in the NBA, it's so different. You know, it's like you don't have like, oh my gosh, they're, you know, they need three guards in this year's draft. And here's a guard that's out there. And you've got two or three teams that need three guards because the roster being so much smaller, you don't get that. So, I, I don't. I mean, there's guys around me that'll say, hey, I like this, that, or the other, and I'll check it out and respect their opinions. But I didn't pull the trigger on any bets uh, for tonight. Obviously, if you've got a couple mil, you can find a book that'll take it. Go jump on Wimby with your, you know, <laughs> two, three, four mil and make your, your five bucks on that bet uh, going first. But uh, no, nah, I don't. I mean, you know, Scoot Henderson goes from being a heavy favorite 
to be the second pick to now Brandon Miller being like minus two bucks to be the second pick. And there's just too many things that happen to me at least or for me to get involved over the final few days of the NBA draft. The thing with Wen Bayana too, what I like about this, Scott, is that the San Antonio Spurs have this number one overall pick because I think it, we, we'd be looking at it differently if he was going to say Charlotte or New Orleans or, you know, even, even the Clippers, even though the Clippers are, they haven't won. I'm, I'm not talking about teams that are always seem to be either non-winners or, or perennial losers or rebuilding projects and, and, and teams of that nature. When you go into a team like the San Antonio Spurs that has the coach in Greg Popovich who has the longest longevity and who knows a thing or two about putting teams together and coaching big men. I mean, think about it. San Antonio's had the number one pick on two other occasions. 1987, who'd they draft? David Robinson, number one overall. 1997, Tim Duncan, number one overall. It's like, here they go again with a number one overall pick, and they're going to get another quality big man, as it looks like here. So I think that this is really a great situation, not only for Wimbayana, but I think it's a a great situation for San Antonio and that fan base. But I think it's fantastic for the league because now all of a sudden you have got this, okay, Wow, Zion Williamson. Okay, New Orleans. Okay, we no one cares really about that. And what happens? Going to eat himself out of the league. Oh, Ben Simmons. You know, getting drafted. Well, we're really not sure about Ben Simmons. You know, college. Always questioned his offense. You exactly, know? and his attitude. Everything at LSU, he did was nothing spectacular. But yeah, that's my point here. So now you've got this this guy that you're comparing to LeBron James, or hasn't you know there hasn't been a a guy coming into the draft you know with the hype like LeBron James. But you're going to an organization that is one of the, you know, championship organizations, you know, in our time. So I think that's a story that I'm really, you know, going to be looking at here in his first year. Yeah, and you know, Pop's used to dealing with international players. Yep. So there's that. He's always been able, or that organization has been able, as you mentioned, to go out and get players at that first pick, being, you know, the Admiral. And then, of course, as you said, Duncan. Uh, players who were mature beyond their years, Wimbanyama, if you watch his interviews, seems to be that well beyond his years at, in his maturity level. He played, they, he had an opportunity to play 62 games last year in all the competitions he played in. He, he never missed a single game. You know, he didn't take a night off. Uh, he works on his, on his health. And you hear him in interviews and you hear a guy who is like 35 years old. When he speaks, even though he's a young guy, his maturity level. And so I, I really appreciate that. And it's funny, I, whenever I hear players who speak multiple languages, I, I tend to uh, gravitate to those players as being potential stars in any professional league. They just seem to be at a different level than the guys who don't. And one of the, there's only one thing I, I've seen about him in the last 48 hours that I was like, well, you might be wrong there. Uh, Wimby came out and he was talking about um, how he was told he needs to bulk up to go through an NBA season against some of the bigger guys. And he goes, well, I'm here to show you you need to skinny down, not bulk up. <laughs> well, I think he's wrong there. You know, Bam Adebayo, he's going he's gonna to probably try to knock you around a little bit. But it was, it was kind of funny. It was the only negative, and I'm splitting hairs here, obviously, when I saw that. He's going to get out there. He's going to find out that he does need to grow into his frame and bulk up and he, a little bit at least, and he will. Uh, but my gosh, to be able to go to a coach who knows how to deal with international players and get the most out of them, and I'm sure Tony Parker is potentially going to be some kind of mentor, you know, for Wimby if needed. Right. Duncan also, Admiral will be there to 
help out. Again, I'm not the, I, I don't, as far as Pop is concerned, he's always been blessed with incredible talent, you know, until the last few years. And when he wasn't, his teams were, let's admit it, they were dog beat. Yep. But the bottom line is, is when he does have incredible talent, he knows how to get him to championship rounds and win banners. And now he's got incredible talent to work with again. So he does know how to get the best out of these great players when he does land a great player. Scott Spritzer joins us, DocSports.com for Scott, handicaps it all. Scott, you and I have talked about this before, and I wanted to talk to you today about the College Baseball World Series and your native land in Omaha. Always very exciting. And I think tonight you're going to have a fantastic baseball game. And if for fans who don't follow college baseball, you need to tune in tonight because this is LSU and Wake Forest and you hear about LSU year in and year out. They're always there. Florida Gators are on the other side of the bracket. They're waiting here. But this Wake Forest team has been phenomenal all season long. And these two teams have battled a couple times already. And it is, uh, they've been fantastic games. I'm looking for a great game tonight with these. And I'm curious, number one, if you're playing the game and you, if you've bet any of the college baseball world series here. I have not. I hate to say that, but I have not. And I grew up with it, as you mentioned. I mean, from the time I was like probably four or five years old, I was at every College World Series until I moved to Vegas, which would have been about a month after the College World Series was completed in 1984. Um, and, and I go back just to make a real quick note about it to how much it meant to us, us kids growing up who were playing sports, to be able to go to the CWS. I remember there was one game with Arizona State who used to always be there. Bob Horner played for a couple of the teams that were there. Uh, but anyway, I remember during a rain delay, and eventually the game was called, and the guys are out, the players are outside waiting for their, their bus to take them to the hotels. And me and my buddies, there's like four of us, and we all play ball, and we're you know looking at these guys like you know they're our heroes. And I, I'm sure you remember this name. There's probably a lot of people under 40 who don't, but Oda B. McDowell. And... I'm sitting there, we're talking to him, and this is the way the players are, or at least were at the College World Series. Talk to us for like 20 minutes until it was time to board the bus, telling us like what to do to get to that level. You know, I mean, it was just incredible. We walked out of there like we were floating in air, man. We just got to talk to one of our heroes. So I haven't been involved with it. Uh, this game is going to be incredible. I got a couple of things I got to do tonight, so I'm going to end up recording this game. I mean, Wake has just done everything right this year, and they don't get to the College World Series, but they have this year, and they're tremendous. And I think you're going to see fundamentally sound baseball start to finish. And you know me. I go to any baseball game, basically. Right. If yeah. there's – if there's four bases on the field, there's some dirt and there's some grass, there's a ball and there's a bat, I'm usually at the game. You know, I probably went to eight or nine UNLV baseball games this year, and we do it every year. Uh, so I'll be watching the, the replay of it. I'm bummed I can't see, uh, watch it live tonight. But uh, I haven't been betting on it this year, and I haven't done that for three or four years. I just enjoy watching the games as a fan. So from a handicapping perspective, Scott, so have you even looked at these two teams or watched any of it during, during the course here? Because I'm, I was trying to make a case, like, cause I think, Hey, I'd, I'd probably like to have a little bit of action. As you say, pizza money on this game, but I, I haven't done a deep dive into the handicap, but. I could make a case probably for either side here. And it seems like both of these teams, like, I guess, have their aces here, you know, pitching tonight. But the offense has just been fantastic uh, with both these teams. Yeah. And, and I was surprised. And I, I probably should have jumped in, as you said, with pizza money. It was only there for about an hour yesterday. 
uh, when, when we knew this matchup was coming, when they lined it. I saw LSU as high as a dollar ninety-five favorite for this game. Uh, currently, they're around a dollar sixty, several dollar sixty-fives out there. But at one joint here in town, it's a buck fifty. It's a buck fifty-two. And so the money of folks who are betting this did come in on Wake Forest. And I, again, I w- really wish I would have been paying more attention last night. And we're talking about when this line came out, it was probably, I don't know, midnight or so at the very earliest at some books that are far away from Southern Nevada. I think the first lines I saw this morning in, in Vegas, they, they opened around 6.30 a.m. I didn't really take a look until about, I don't know, 10 a.m. And by then the number had dropped quite a bit. But boy, a dollar... 95, if you got the flip side of that, the comeback line on Wake Forest, that's good value. They might not win the game, but this line has dropped 40 cents in some books. Yeah, and I guess that one might be a lean for me, you know, right there to go to the value play because you see a lot of one-run games in these College World Series games. And, you know, a, a team like Wake, who's, and, and I loved it because their coach said this in the press conference after they lost. They go, well, let me just remind you, because all this talk about LSU and the tradition and everything. He goes, I'll just remind you that, you know, we have not, uh, we lost a, a series all year. And as you know, people follow college baseball like you do, you know, you're playing, you know, three game series. You know, you play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday pretty much, or like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And they have not lost a series all year. And they play in the ACC, which has some very good baseball with teams sure. like Virginia and North Carolina and the Clemson. And Clemson. I mean, <laughs> you're in and you're out. So I know a lot of people get SEC biased, especially in football. And that goes in baseball as well, too. And I think, you know, some people are thinking, oh, there it is. This LSU. You in Florida, it's going to be an SEC final in, in in Omaha in the best two out of three series here coming up this weekend. But I'd say not so fast, man. Watch out for the Demon Deacons. And I just kind of love the story of the Deeks too, because well, they haven't been here since 1955 right. uh, in the College uh, Baseball World Series. So I don't know if I'm looking for a couple angles here. Maybe you, maybe you swayed me, even though you really didn't, because you didn't get into like to the, the bare bones. But just you know, just from a value standpoint. And then I'm looking at kind of the, oh, you know, looking at the headlines the next day standpoint, I might be in a wake. Well, I tell you what I've been looking for as we're talking, and I haven't found it at any books in Southern Nevada, and I'm, I'm still looking for it, but uh, at a couple of other books, I, I just don't think anybody's got it. But the total's eight, and as we're talking, I'm thinking, boy, I ought to jump in here on the first five under. You know, think it would be a three and a half, four, probably four for College World Series. And uh, just nobody's hung that number. You know, with first five, you can bet, you can bet, uh, uh, run line on either side. Wake Forest is plus one and a half, but you gotta lay a buck fifty with that plus one and a half. But, uh, yeah, I can't find any first five inning plays. And, you know, when you get to this point of the College World Series, having followed it, this being game 13, not for these two teams, obviously, but for the College World Series, sometimes your bullpens are a little bit shaky when you get this deep into it. And uh, I, I don't like betting full game unders this deep into the College World Series when I was betting it a few years ago. But, yeah, I mean, first 500, if anybody wants to post it, I might jump on it. All right. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the Major League Baseball side. We've had some some surprises so far this year. And, again, you know, we're about you know 70 games into the schedule. But let's talk a little bit about the Cincinnati Reds, 11 games in a row that they've won. You look at the Diamondbacks. You know, I just got back from Phoenix there and it just, I, I, I forgot kind of all about it. My Lyft driver was talking about, you know, he knew that I was into sports and stuff. He goes, he goes, how about our Diamondbacks? And I had to do a double take, like, cause we were driving by <laughs> Chase Field, right? And, uh, I go, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. You guys are in first place. Oh, that's right. You're having, a, you're having a heck of a season. He goes, you're darn tootin' we are. I thought I was in Texas for a minute, you know. But uh, And then you got the Texas Rangers. But, but talk a little bit uh, about each one of those teams in any yeah, particular I, Arizona, order. Arizona's not a shocker to me because I, I actually played them over their wins total. I mean, you know, the wins total was like 74 and a half, 75. And uh, they're, they're going to get there, I would think. Uh, I, you know what I liked about Arizona? They had all this young talent. They were really banged up. Uh, was it two years ago when they had just a horrible time with injuries? Pathetic record. But Tony Lovello is one of my favorite managers in all of Major League Baseball. And I remember like talking, like going out to lunch and stuff with, you know, Dave Koken, who's a big baseball guy, and that's his thing. And, and we were talking back then about, boy, I hope they don't get rid of Tony Lovello. It's not his fault that they got all these injuries as they're going through rebuild mode. And if he gets everybody healthy and he gets his team, you know, watch out of the NL West. And I did like them over, as I mentioned, I bet them over their wins total. Did not expect them to win the NL West this year. Now, they've got a long way to go, and maybe they won't. Uh, but they're playing awfully great baseball, and they're scoring runs. The pitching's decent as far as the starters are concerned. As far as Cincinnati, man, it was last year, the first month and a half of the season, TC, when we're blindly betting against them, and they started, what, 3-21 and or whatever it right. was. And here they are now in first place in a bad NL Central. But if you look at Arizona, they're the real deal. And I'm not going to say that Cincinnati's not, but if you look at who the wins have come against, during this winning run, there's only one good team with a chance to land in the postseason that they played during this 11-0 run and 14-2 run for the most part, and that was Houston. And Houston's not at their best right now. They're banged up. They don't have all their players. They're not playing at the level they have the last two years. They've had departures in the offseason. But they've built this win streak against St. Louis, Kansas City, and Colorado. Come on. So. Again, they're better than those teams. You can only beat who's on your schedule. But I think the next three days are going to – in fact, you know what? The next nine to ten days or nine to ten games, they've got home Atlanta for three starting tomorrow, at Baltimore for three, and then they wrap up this nine-game stretch at home against San Diego. Now, the Padres aren't playing great baseball, but they can come around at any time and they're going to compete. But the next six games, home Atlanta at Baltimore, we're going to find out a lot about the Reds, I think, over the next two weeks. I agree with you. And, you know, talking about the NL West, uh, you mentioned the Diamondbacks. Again, they're leading the Giants by two and a half games. The Giants, a little bit of a surprise there. But I think, Scott, you know, the Dodgers, you know, I think a lot of people thought not only they'd be in first place right now, but they would be better than eight games over 500. I mean, still, they've got a great roster, a, a pretty darn good starting lineup. And of course, that, you know, probably the highest payroll in baseball. And again, they are in third place. And sure, it's early. And you mentioned the Padres. I just don't see it with the Padres. I mean, the Padres are nine and a half back. They're under 500. I do not see this team catching fire. I just, I just can't see it. I don't, from a pitching standpoint and then a consistency from an offensive standpoint, I can see the Dodgers doing it. And I can see maybe, you know, Arizona maybe sliding back or whatever, but I don't know. That's, that's the way I view the NLS. I'm curious about you specifically talking about the Dodgers. Yeah, it's, it's, as far as the Dodgers are concerned, I think they're going to be there till the very end, maybe end up winning the division. I know their wins total was like around 93 and a half, uh, which was, you know, well below, double digit games below of the amount of games they won last year. Uh, the Dodgers problem of late has been that bullpen. It's just been, it's just been not good. They've not been able to wrap up games and it goes back to basically the first of June. I mean, they've had a really tough run. They were, 
12 games over 500 going into June, and they've lost four games off of that uh, amount of games over 500. They're now eight games over. But the last two nights, we've seen the bullpen starting to get healthy. They put together two very good games against one of the better offensive teams in all of baseball, the Angels. Uh, but again, that bullpen was a mess, I mean, for a good month. And so if they can start getting healthy in the pen, uh, then the Dodgers will be competitive at the end of the year. And they're not going to win 100 games, but they, you know, 94 might be enough to take the West uh, this year. As, uh, and, and as far as San Diego, I agree with you. It's like Snell, you know, one game. I mean, when Snell's got his mechanics, there's few who are better in the league. The problem is he only has his mechanics about once every three or four starts. He was great today up in San Francisco. Uh, as far as Musgrove, I mean, who thought he was going to have a five-plus ERA after his first six home starts? You know, so they're not getting the pitching that they thought they would have before the season began. And then San Diego goes into droughts at the plate, you know, at times. And, and it lasts too long. You can't do that. And, and they have throughout the course of the season gone into drought. So I don't think San, I think San Diego is going to make a run where they win six out of seven once in a while. They win five out of six. I don't think they're going to be able to overtake three teams, the Dodgers, the D-backs, and the Giants, uh, by the end of the season. They'll have their runs. But I don't trust their pitching, and the hitting has too many droughts. I remember the, the warning sign in early May or mid-May. They lost like five in a row and like nine out of ten, and they were scoring two runs, one run, getting shut out a couple of times, three runs. And we see that from this team just too much, you know, just too often. Today they had the bust-out game, but the last three games against San Francisco, they scored nine runs in three games. Today was a great spot. Alex Wood's not been good at home. I actually jumped on San Diego first five innings not sure if they could hang on but they did 10 nothing but that was a great setup against a weak home pitcher in wood and they were looking to avoid a four game sweep to a division rival so they had a lot of things going for them today but i agree with you that's not the team they were expected to be before the season and they're probably the furthest away from a lot of teams that were expected to be good this year that are not well we can't uh talk uh, baseball without mentioning our your soon-to-be Las Vegas A's. You talk about today's action, uh, Scott. Well, the A's, as our daily update continues, the A's lost again today. <laughs> and they lost yesterday. And the day before. And the day before that. And the night before that. And the night before that. And the day before that. Days on a current, remember Scott, they won seven in a row. Since then, eight in a row in the loss column for your soon to be Las Vegas A's current record, ladies and gentlemen, 19 and 58. (laughs) However, you know what? I'll give you a stat here. And and this is good to to remember because, I mean, it's been 18 years that this has made money. When you're, when you've got a team that's, uh, playing 400 or worse baseball, and they win a game, and that win followed a loss. Play on them the next day. The A's are are, are above 500. Do we, are not above 500. They're they're winning you money um, at this point. At this point of this situ of, of the season, Colorado's way ahead money wise. And the reason being is that you know we're all looking for value with our bets. What a bad bad team winning 40 percent or less of their games. Finally wins a game and they're coming off a loss. The value skyrockets on that team because the books know that the average better says, oh, that team can't win two in a row. And they raise that price and they raise that price. And really all you got to do is hit about 45% of your plays and you're going to make money. 
And uh, Colorado and Washington, by the way, have been the best at this uh, throughout the course of this season. You've made about $1,100 betting just $100 per game using that system. So watch for that out of Oakland. Are you trying to tell me that that big win streak is not a sign of things to come, by the way? <laughs> that is good. That's good. This is why we have our handicapper extraordinaire, Scott Spritzer. You know, all the trends that you would never even think of before. There you go, my friend. All right. You got anybody uh, tonight? I know not much on the Major League Baseball schedule tonight, uh, except our College World Series and, and a couple baseball games tonight. Anything else you got going? Yeah, I had to, like I said, a Padres first five, and then the Marlins line has gone crazy. TC overnight last night, I lit a buck 30. With Miami, I've seen them as high as a buck sixty-five yeah. in the last couple of hours. That game's starting uh, real soon. By the way, if folks right. are looking to bet that game like in less than ten minutes. That's all I've got tonight. Thinking about jumping in on the sun here at minus three. I know they just lost Brianna, but that team still got like four players putting up a lot of points. When you're talking about you know Bonner, Thomas, Hayes. Mm-hmm. I mean Thomas grabs glass too. I don't know if they can sustain Brianna Jones being out for a while. If she is, I didn't see what the injury is, but it was announced about an hour ago, and that number went from like five and a half down to three and a half. So, what's your quick opinion? You like the sun, or are you staying away? Uh, probably staying away. In Minnesota, as we know, they're they're not a very good team. So, uh, you know, we got a chance to see them here. You know, last week. Uh, you know, always going to be partial. You know, to the Connecticut Sun because my my point guard is there. But yeah, Brianna Jones losing her is is going to be uh, something. But you're right, Alyssa Thomas is is one of the best. Uh, she's one of the the most unsung you know players. But uh, the the way Minnesota's struggling, you know, with the WNBA, Scott, I always have to look at the injury report, and sometimes it's not even the injury report, like who's playing and who's not playing. You know, like yesterday, I, I knew the day before that you're going to be no Brittany Griner, no Diana Tarazi. And right. of course, you know, Skylar Diggins Smith, you know, expecting her second child. So, I mean, they were a shell of themselves. It's funny that a lot of the, and I'm not saying this is why the Aces are blowing out these opponents, but their last three opponents barely could field the team where you, you had like eight and nine players and, uh, were, were missing. Uh, they're key players, and you saw that when Minnesota came here. You saw it when Chicago came here, and then you saw it with Phoenix uh, last night. So for me, Minnesota has been one of those teams that uh, they have not had a complete healthy roster at all. So I'd say if I have to play the game, I'm with you. You look on the you look at the Connecticut Sun because Minnesota is just a mess, and they're not healthy right now. Yeah, and there's a lot of teams that are in that situation in that league. There's like two or three teams that are healthy and play good basketball. And the rest of the league is looks like a, a mishmash of, you know, semi-injured, banged-up teams with half their players out. I'm exaggerating a little bit. And looking bad, you know, I mean, it's tough to watch a game when a team scores 28 points in one quarter, and the very next quarter they score eight. You know, it's, it makes it a little bit tough. But you mentioned Minnesota. I, I was just looking at their injury report. You know, they're missing four players. You know, Shepard's out. She's sick. Yep. Powers is out with the ankle injury. She's been downgraded to out tonight. And that's huge. And so, yeah, I think yeah. I'm going to pull the trigger here on the sun. All right. <laughs> I'm rooting you on, brother. There you go. All right. Appreciate it as always, my friend. Go to DocSports.com. Subscribe to uh, Scott's Plays. He's a great follow on Twitter, too, uh, at Scott Wins. So check that all out, my friend. I appreciate you. Have yourself a great weekend. And uh, we'll talk with you next week. And uh, let's, get you, let's get you down to the Westgate here, especially uh, you know during uh, the dog days here of uh, summer and baseball before football starts. The schedule opens up a lot after next midweek, so you can count on it. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. Take care. Take care, man. There it is. Scott Spritzer, one of the best. Uh, again, longtime handicapper, longtime friend. Love having him on the show here. The A's. How about the A's? <laughs> uh, again, one seven in a row. 
Everyone was all excited, right? And then here they go back in their losing streak again. It is crazy. A lot of pros and cons. Uh, People, I shouldn't say pros and cons, that's wrong, about the A's coming, you know, relocating here to Las Vegas. Um, We know people here, they they don't want to be on the hook for that $380 million when it comes to the stadium bond. We totally get that. But we heard Bryce Harper be very vocal about saying uh, the A's belong in Oakland. Don't come here to Las Vegas. Um, and we've heard some other players and some managers speak out. Um, Bob Melvin, manager of the uh, San Diego Padres, uh, actually spoke out about the A's relocating to Vegas. What do you think about what's going on right now that is almost done, that the A's are moving to Las Vegas? Yeah, it's sad. Anybody that grew up here, you know, it, it does not look forward to that happening. I, I don't know that anything's 100% sure yet, but um, obviously for a lot of people here that have followed the A's, and it's a, a, a storied franchi- franchise with a rich history, a lot of winning, uh, some, you know, some of the great players in, in all of baseball played there. It would be it would be sad. So we'll see where it goes from here. It looks like it's getting some traction in Vegas, but you never know until the last minute. I think a lot of people are holding holding out hope that maybe it doesn't happen. Yeah, Bob Melvin, and he knows a lot about that organization and the franchise. Being a former uh, manager uh, himself, there with uh, with the A's, so um, craziness, you know. There again, I think a lot of people. No one likes likes change, especially when you're talking about uprooting a team. And whether they're good, bad, indifferent, and we all know the stadium issues because we went through it with the Raiders. And now the exact same thing is happening again with the A's. And now you're talking about a championship community. And that was a championship community. I'm not talking about just with the A's, but with the Raiders and the Warriors. And people fail to realize the Warriors left Oakland. They're in San Francisco. It's, it's not the same thing. It's not the same fan base at all in Oakland, just on that Parcel of land used to have three fantastic teams, maybe not all record-wise all at once, but so much rich tradition and history with the Raiders and the A's and the Warriors playing on that block of land there. They used to house the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum Arena and then the Coliseum itself. But now they'll have nothing. What are you going to do with that land? Turn to a swap meet? I mean, what? I mean, parking lot. I mean, that's it. I mean, that's all it really is a bad smelling parking lot, you know, right now. (laughs) But yeah, it it looks like it's happening. We've been talking about it for a long, long time here. And yeah, the ballpark here will be beautiful. Uh, The A's will probably be a better product. At least they're claiming that. We've seen it with the Raiders. They should be. All right. We've seen it with the Raiders. Mark Davis, but again, Mark Davis isn't going to be owning the, the, the A's, but Mark Davis said that no, no, hey, we're going to spend some money because we'll have a, a giant, uh, a bigger revenue stream to get free agents. And so A's have always done a very good job in their minor league system. They just haven't been able to keep the players. But now if you come to Vegas, you get the shiny new ballpark, you're coming to Championship City because that's what you are now, right? Las Vegas Aces, Vegas Golden Knights, all right? Be nice if the Raiders could, uh, could turn that into a championship and they may, you know, one day too. All right. We continue on. When we come back here, wrapping up here on Thursday on the, uh, just hours away from the NBA draft and all the trades and everything else going on. We'll talk a little aces when we come back. I do exactly what I want to do. It's, it's the, the doctor. doctor TC Martin. You say I'm insane. I say thank you very much. The doctor is now in. 
continuing on here. Don't forget, we'll be at the Westgate tomorrow inside the Superbook. Jay Schrader in the house. That'll be fun, as uh, always. And uh, talk a little off-season football, some baseball, and a whole lot more. Jay Cornegay, the vice president of sportsbook operations at the Superbook. Always great having Jay. So Jay and Jay tomorrow. you got to like Jay that. and Jay. Marco out on vacation. Did he talk about yesterday? I know, and I appreciate uh, Jose Vellante and Marco D'Angelo filling in for me yesterday. Uh, that was fun joining them after the Aces game in Phoenix. But uh, was Marco like already have his foot out the door, like giddy because he gets to go on vacation? And, Kinda. You yeah. could you could you could tell. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, that's cool. All right. Well, he'll be back with us uh, next week. So, are you gonna punish Jay for talking all of that trash about you the last couple of times you that he's had that you've been on? Should I? I think you should. You should. I don't think he should be there tomorrow. <laughs> oh, I I should suspend him. Suspend him. Was it really that bad? I mean, I really didn't go back and listen to it. I mean, should I? You made me edit it most of it out. <laughs> wow. I mean, it, it was all good fun though, right? It was all in good fun. Yeah. But you thought he was a little harsh. It, it was fun because the beginning of the intro, going into the, I, I played the Houston Open. Okay. Same open this hour. Yeah. And had him turned up a little bit before anything, <laughs> and you could hear. Oh man, more TC Cliffs, more Houston. Come on, he's not even here. <laughs> okay, uh, I, I just kind of popped out. I was like, I'm no, no, sorry, I'm, I, didn't, I'm, I didn't mean I'm to. I'm not going to not have Mon. I'm going to have Mon no, now, and I'm going to now I'm going to jab him about it big time. I think yeah, we should, I think see we should what he says. At, at some point in that in that show, have that open play. Definitely, you should probably have the Aces open and the uh, well, Marco's not there. It won't it won't bother anybody. Yeah. Marco's the only one that. Boom shakalaka laka boom bothers. There it is. Well, he liked it yesterday. He, he got his boom shakalaka yesterday. You know, I put his no, name. You in should it. have seen the faces. It, it was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, right. So I saw some food pics on. Yeah, from the trip. Yeah, looked like you were having some good places. Well, you know me. I got a. That's that's a prerequisite. I put a lot of effort into, as you know, like the game prep and the show prep and all that. Yeah. Stuff. I put just as much prep into the food because especially when you're going to go to a city for a limited time. So I got to scope it out. And especially with this one yesterday, because, you know, I did the show on Tuesday yep. and then got on the plane. I'm really irritated. And this was, was part of my terrible Tuesday. I don't know if I even got to it about all of these places in these cities. They're supposed to be decent cities, big cities. And they close these restaurants at 9 p.m. And 9 p.m. And Phoenix is. Pretty, pretty beast. Remember pretty when I went decent. to Seattle? Yeah. Last, last year, same situation. Close at nine, couldn't find a place. So I really, you know, it's really irking me and I got to spend a lot of time to really do this recon of finding places that are going to be open, you know, past 10. And it was a problem. Luckily, um, there was a place in the hotel where I was staying at. Yeah. That stayed open until midnight. I, I saw the video. Yeah. It, it looked it, really good. It's a cool vibe. So the first question I asked was, okay, so this seems like kind of a night spot. You know, they go, oh, no, well, the food is really good. Read some reviews. And, um, yeah, it was called um, Ritual Habits, which is kind of a cool name. Yeah. and But, yeah, cool vibe. I posted that. Um, didn't, you know, it's – they have steaks, but it's a lot of – I don't want to say bar food, but – yeah. So I always usually ask either the server or the manager, like, hey, what should I get here? And so she was telling me, um, you know, what's really good are our sliders. And I go, hmm. And the key word that she said, bacon jam. 
Are oh. you hip to the bacon jam? I love bacon jam. So bacon jam, we used to get that all the time at the Cosmopolitan at the yep. Henry, yep. that bacon jam burger mm. uh, with the tater tots. And then so I said, okay, I'll do this. And then I said, what kind of soup? She goes, French onion. Oh, I go, oh. You're geez. just. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I'm going, okay, I'm in. Now, granted, I know that it's not going to be the French onion that like I get at Hank's and other places or at the Cosmopolitan. But it was good in the garlic bread or whatever bread they gave me with that. That was fantastic. So, of course, the question came, you have fries? Oh, yes, we do. Fresh cut or frozen? She goes, oh, fresh cut. I go, you sure? Here's what her response was. Yeah, I see the chef cutting them all the time. <laughs> I go, okay, then okay. Prove it. They brought Those were some great fries. Great. You saw the pictures. I saw the pictures. Yeah, they looked amazing. Fries. So, luckily, I was full from that meal on Tuesday night because we had the early game on Wednesday. Yeah. But then things got a little worse at that moment on. Well, you were kind of talking about it yesterday. You had the yeah. bagel. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I talked about it. Okay. So yeah. I'll recant that and then tell you what else happened yesterday. Since you love TC's travel stories. I love TC's travel stories. Right. It's the and, best and, stuff and in the just, world. And you're going to have to get a theme. You're going to have to get, you know, some type of, of, of song. I don't, I don't know. But anyway, so. I'm pretty full from the night before because I ate like, you know, late around 10 yeah. o'clock, 1030. That's so real late for you. we have a 1230 game and I got to be at the arena to, you know, make sure that you know, everything's set up, equipment and the guys from the, the sun slash mercury, the, those guys are saying, Hey, come over here and, and, and check out, make sure that, you know, you're good with the equipment location. Okay, cool. So I didn't get a chance to have breakfast. You know, cause I slept in a very comfortable bed and didn't get up to like about 8.30 or so. So anyway, um, by the time I get out of the room, there's no breakfast at the hotel. I guess they quit serving at nine in the morning, which is, I don't understand. So why? I said, okay. So I said, you know what? No big, I don't know. Why, why, why are these restaurants close at nine? Why do we get this and that? Uh, <laughs> I thought I was going to go chubby checker on the twist that cart rides no. on the show again. All right. So anyway. I don't know if this is a good, you know, travel. Oh, travel. Traveling band. Come cool. on. That's cool. So anyway, I go to the arena and I say, no problem. Problem fixed. I'll go to the media dining. Because as we all know, I mean, just ask Seawind, Shapiro, all these guys. They, they love the media dining at, yeah. at, at the Michelob Ultra Arena in Mandalay Bay. So I'm in a major arena. Phoenix Suns, Phoenix Mercury, right? They're going to have some media dining. You would think so. So I go downstairs after I get everything together. Getting ready to go uh, meet up with Becky, interview her for the pregame show. And I see this um, person, security guard, whatever, down the tunnel. So can you tell her where the media dining is? Oh, yeah, sure. Right there, sir. Right through here, that. Okay, in this room. So I go in, go in the room, and there's a bunch of empty tables. You can see trays, like, for, like, buffet style. Yeah. Empty. And then they have, like, the... What do you call it? Like the Coca-Cola things with the, they have the water, they have the cokes, yeah. you know, you know all that? Yeah. The refrigerator the, the, kind the of cooler. thing. Yeah, cooler. Yeah. yeah. Empty. There's no media dining. Go, this is a problem. And she goes, Well, I saw them taking some food somewhere, this and that. Oh, maybe maybe it's coming later. I'm going, later? We got game time in less than an hour. There was no food. So I'm going, now what am I gonna do? So I'm gonna have to go to the concession stand. I'm gonna have is that what I'm gonna have to you're do? You're gonna have weak old popcorn. Yeah. So, but they did have some really cool, you know, places up on the concourse. So I said, I don't want to do that. So then I run into Becky and she goes, Hey, TC. She goes, when do you want to do the interview? I go pretty soon because I'm trying to find some food. 
She goes, yeah, there's, there's no food down here, huh? And I go, no. She goes, I got a bagel. She goes, here, you, you can have half my bagel. I'll split my bagel with you. I go, no, no, no. I'm not going to share your bagel. I mean, that's your bagel. You have it. She goes, no, no, it's gigantic. It's like, it's, it's, it's really good. It's got bacon and cheese and eggs. And I'm going, you know, I'm pretty hungry. I'm going, you're starting, like, yeah, I'm it's starting you, to sound good. And, I'm not a bagel guy for the most part. Yeah, you know, I'm a donut guy. I'm not a bagel guy, especially when you're going to stuff. Eh, I don't know. So she de- insisted that I have the bagel. I said, okay, fine. Let's go do that. So then she goes, but we got to find a knife. We're down in like this VIP area that's like outside the court and all this stuff. I go, you want to go in the court and do the interview or do you want to be back here? She goes, oh, no, let's, let's, let's do the interview here. She goes, but more importantly, let's find a knife. Couldn't find a knife. And you had these dining rooms, you had these bars. So finally, uh, one of the trainers for the aces is looking for a knife and I guess found a knife, cut the bagel in half for me. And I had the bagel after we did our interview. Now. And how was it? It was very good. Okay. It was good. It was good. It was- I got to give you full disclosure though. Now, you know, the, the meal that I had the night before. Well, of course. French onion soup. Yeah. Sliders. The bacon jam burgers, the fresh cut fries. So you weren't looking forward to this. Wasn't going to beat it. I'm not going in that direction. I'm going in the oh. stomach direction. Oh gosh! I usually don't handle eggs really well. <laughs> not, not sure you want to hear this or not. Should I continue or not? Go ahead. Story Why gets not? better. Gets better. So it's a half hour before tip off. Okay. Get ready to do well the pregame show, and I got you know some pre. So I got some time. So I look at I look at my watch. I go, I got about fifteen minutes. I go, I'm really not feeling good. I'm gonna need to find a restroom. I got to find a restroom before. So what do I do? I go up through the concourse, and I'm seeing all these eateries. And I'm Chuck's already covered. So Joey's being sick to his stomach. I get it. All right. So. Now the pace is starting. You've been there. You guys have all been there. Everybody has been there. Everybody. Now the pace. I'm going to really need to to go to the restroom because I can't go two and a half hours for a game. Right. So I see the restroom. I walk in the restroom and it's virtually empty. It's like a half hour before half hour, 40 minutes before game time. Right. I'm going, okay, this is pretty cool. I got kind of an empty restroom. I was blown away. These restrooms, this restroom was like huge. I'm going, wow. I go, I've never seen so many, so many stalls in a restroom. So I go in the restroom, right? This and that. And I'm still like the only one in there. Gotcha. And then now I'm following I'm, you. Gotcha. I do my, 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 my okay, duty. Okay, just stop. Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. <laughs> and I come out and there's now one other person in the restroom, right? Short hair, this and that, kind of bulky. And oh, then I tell me, and, and then I see an attendant. So then, then there's an attendant. So I go in there and I come out of the restroom, get ready to wash my hands. And this lady stares at me and says, she's the attendant. She goes, Damas, Damas. I go, Damas, what are you, what's Damas? And then this person is walking out of the restroom with me. And she goes, I go, what's Damas mean? She points up. She goes, ladies. <laughs> so I'm walking. Are you so crazy? this, I'm, this lady is the, the attendant. Didn't speak any English. Damas, Damas. Ah! 
One other person's in the restroom. They are walking out with me. And the person who's walking out with me, I'll just say this. I couldn't tell it was a woman. You know what I'm saying? It looked like a man. And so as I'm walking out, nonchalantly, this person is walking next to me in like a Mercury jersey and says, hey, what does it matter these days? There you go. I just... (laughs) I went in the women's restroom. Larry David, what would you do? Where's the trough? So... I don't even have words. Okay, so now I look out, right? And to be fair, there's not much really difference in the signage between the man's restroom and the women's. Besides the woe. No, 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 no. Sign, my friend. No M-E-N, W-O-M-E-N, nothing like that. The picture. And it looked like, to me, it was a man standing, but apparently it was like... It was like the same width of the legs. Just, you know, you could see like maybe the little dress, you know? I mean, I I was in a hurry. I needed to get in there. And I didn't realize. Now I wonder why there weren't any urinals. And why there were so many stalls. But you know what? I'll say this. It was like the cleanest restroom I've ever been in. Well, yeah, because they <laughs> like to keep their stuff clean. They? Women. Yes. <laughs> I love women. I love women. And the pink taco stand was right across from there. Good. Did you try it? No. No? I waited till I got to the airport and it had the blue taco. They, there's a place called Blue Taco or something. Blue something. And, and because my flight was delayed, so I said, oh, man, I, I, I need to eat something. So that bagel held me all the way to the airport. And then, of course, I had the fine dining at Hank's last night. I was trying to save myself. But when the Did you, like, delayed, get a glimpse of the pink taco? It looked pretty good. It looked pretty good? Yeah. Uh, doesn't a pink taco always look good? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Cheese. Lettuce. Pico de gallo. Pico de gallo. Lots of salsa. Lots of salsa. Love a juicy taco. Appreciate Scott Spritz for joining us today. The big seven-footer, Big Bill Cartwright. Of course, Nunchuck. Enjoy, which I still just... I, this is the longest it's ever taken me to give somebody a nickname. But I'm starting to get a vibe for this guy. So, I don't know. I can't give him Jam Master Joey. I can't do that because that's Jam Master Jay. And you're too young. You don't even know who Jam Master Jay is, right? Run DMC. You know? There you go. Ah, there you go. Be a rebel, my friend. Joey the intern gonna have to do for now tomorrow we're at the westgate we're at the world famous Superbook. of course our friday home come on check it all out uh it will recap the the draft tonight and we get ready for the aces on saturday at home against the indiana fever on saturday and monday uh, saturday 6 p.m monday 7 p.m get tickets access.com or listen down the dial with me espn radio las vegas 1100 a.m 100.9 fm of course we're back at it here Tomorrow, miss any part of the show, go check it out. The website, tcmartinshow.com. Here, our interview with Timothy Bradley. Good stuff from a couple days ago and his induction in the International Boxing Hall of Fame. Hasta la vista, baby! How do you say men in Spanish? All I know is... I have no clue. Damas!